today we're going to do our best butterfly impersonations. So I'll go first. That was that was really pretty. Yeah. I want to do exactly what you did. Okay. <laughs> that's that's that wasn't embarrassing. That wasn't it. That definitely was beyond not it. All right, let, let's try it again. You, you do yours. Okay. You do yours. doing what is your tongue doing <laughs> not that <sighs> welcome to audio shelf a place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures i'm brad and i'm Brittany, and we are the voices in your head today we're gonna flutter right into our next audiobook called The Butterfly Garden. The author is Dot Hutchinson, narrated by our girl, Lauren Ezzo. Hey, Lauren. Hey, girl. With help from Mel Foster. We don't, we don't hi, hi know Mel, Mel but we, we want to know you. Yeah, we, know, we don't know you, but... Follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Published by Brilliance Audio. We love uh, some Brilliance. Brilliance is brilliant. And this release date was June 1st, 2016. The duration for this audiobook was 9 hours and 13 minutes. And the genre is fiction and literature, crime, psychological thrillers, and sexual... Wait. It, <laughs> that sounds... What is that word? <laughs> what is that word? <laughs> but is this a real thing? <laughs> In sexual information. So bugs. Bugs. Insect... Shewill. I didn't know if it was a real word or not. It makes me sound like I'm saying intersexual. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds hey, like something with an X. We're talking about bugs. And I would like to add animal worshipping to this genre. Yes. So take it away with the summary. What we have here for a summary is taken from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Near an isolated mansion lies a beautiful garden. In this garden grows luscious flowers, shady trees, and a collection of precious butterflies. <laughs> shady trees be tripping. Shady trees with their branches. <laughs> Young women who have been kidnapped and intricately tattooed to resemble their namesakes. Overseeing it all is the gardener, a brutal, twisted man obsessed with capturing and preserving his lovely specimens. Mm. Stranger danger. When the garden is discovered, a survivor is brought in for questioning. FBI agents Victor Hanaverian and Brandon Edison are tasked with piecing together one of the most stomach-churning cases of their careers. But the girl, known only as Maya, proves to be a puzzle herself. As her story twists and turns, slowly shedding light on life in the butterfly garden, Maya reveals old grudges, new saviors, and horrific tales of a man who'd go to any length to hold beauty captive but the more she shares the more the agents have to wonder what she's hiding dot dun, dun, dot dun. dot <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow so that was a real good summary it was it had me interested it had me interested from the get-go mm-hmm I honestly didn't know what to expect from it. I really like the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. Cover, it looks like a dead butterfly is on... On a road. The road, yeah. Yeah. Like a newly paved road mm-hmm. that you just want to like lay your face on to feel the warmth. Yeah, and then also like lay your head by that dead butterfly. Yeah, and just go, wake up, little guy. Wake up, little guy. Let me give you butterfly CPR. Butterfly kisses. <laughs> 
Butterfly kisses. <laughs> the bedtime <laughs> prayers. Hair. <laughs> I feel like I'm at a wedding. <laughs> it could be. So what did you think about the performance of this audiobook? Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you scared me. I'm going to kidnap you. Anyway, kidnapping's not funny. I don't mean to joke about it. Anyway, back to the performances. <laughs> I have things to say. Yes. First up, I liked both narrators. Mm-hmm. However, this was our second book by Lauren. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I had a connection with her from the start. It took a little bit to get in with Mel mm-hmm. because I did not expect his part to be bigger than Lauren's, I guess. Yes. I mean, they kind of balance each other out a little bit in the amount of time, but I just wanted to hear Lauren talk when it was Maya's turn. Yes. So I was hoping that they would go for a back and forth, but they didn't really do that. So anyway, Lauren has a great tone, which we heard in The Last Sesame. Mm-hmm. She's a phenomenal narrator, and I really loved her. Mel... He is excellent for these cop gruff roles that are manly and just kind of like they have a secret that they're kind of mean about, but they're really a big softy when you get to know them. But that was where it ended. Mm-hmm. Whenever he tried to do the voice for Maya, I felt like it fell very short. His tone just went off the rails a little bit. and. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. It kind of fell flat for me. Yeah. When he did Maya's voice, I was like, no, you're not Maya. And that kind of threw me off because I was like, wait, who's talking again? Mm Mm-hmm. And yes, he tried to change the inflection of his voice and the tone. Oh, yeah. He really tried hard. He did. But it just wasn't there. And when you're – I feel like when you're doing a book with another person, like a partner, even though you're not in the same recording booth or whatnot, you still have to – Kind of speak with her and say, like, yeah. how are you doing this? What kinds of accents, accents you're going to be using? To me, when Mel was doing Maya's part, it was very sarcastic and kind of, self, you know, this self-absorbed girl. I'm not going to tell you my secrets. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to dig for them. But then when Lauren was doing Maya's narration, it was it was like she was a tortured soul, which... I guess goes along with the story, but I just something did not match up with with it. Yeah, and I, I connected more with Lauren's Maya than yes. I did with Mel's. Yes, Maya. There was a part where they're going back and forth. It's kind of the end, and it's an emotional moment. Mm-hmm. There's there's supposed to be some higher emotion, and I just felt like Maya didn't care. And we knew her in the butterfly garden. These people were her family. Mm -hmm. They were her sisters. She mentioned that a bunch of times. She cared about them. But when it came time to, I don't know, kind of share the struggle that they went through. Mm -hmm. And be interrogated. Mm -hmm. She just was very cold. And I understand that she didn't have a lot of trust for these people. And that Mm -hmm. came off great with with Mel's narration to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like when we hopped back into Lauren's narration of Maya... There was just this whole other person mm-hmm. that was unlocked yes. for us. And I guess the whole point of the, even the summary was, what do we not know about this character? What, she's going to spread all the all the secrets out, but there's still something we don't know about her. And I think Mel did a great job with that. 
in that whole like sarcastic tone that I was talking about earlier. But it was just still there was no connection to Maya's mm-hmm. present character, the present day character. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, she's hiding some got to push through. And I'm more concerned about how the cops are talking to her and all these other things. I just wasn't connected with that part of the story mm-hmm. as I was with hearing the background of Maya and the Butterfly Girls. There was just a lot dis- of disconnect between the two narrators. Yeah. And when I first started the audiobook, I was like, who is this speaking? Is this... Is this Lauren? Yeah, is this Lauren? <laughs> Are you a man? Is this we way know- before the last to see me? Yes. But I just... When it, when it first started, I had no connection with the narrator, with Mel. I didn't really like his voice too much because it was very... It wasn't even... I wanted to compare him to a, a, a rough and tumble to- cop. But it wasn't even that. It was very proper. And I'm going to read, I'm going to dictate every word, which is great. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't any emotion as these are tired cops, listen, you know, trying to find out and dig deep into the story. And this girl was not giving them any information. It wasn't any of that. It wasn't frustration. It was, they were just, he was just reading the lines as if I'm the male counterpart of this audiobook. So I'm just going to read it the way I normally read it. Right. I felt like for, Victor, I think, yes, who was the one that was going through some um, similar situations to the girls a little bit. Well, yes, yes, we don't. Yes, I know he, what you're talking about. He had a great voice. I mm-hmm. really liked his voice because it was, it was super copy. It mm-hmm. was that kind of Law and Order SVU type of yeah. cop that just like he smokes too much. Mm-hmm. He knows he smokes too much, but he's gonna keep smoking. Yeah, he's smoking them hard cigs. Yeah, and like, he has like five of them in his mouth at the same time. Yes, all like the time. Those camels. Yeah. Or the American spirits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he he had that like American <laughs> cop sound to yep. him that smokes, and with. The other cop who Edison. was with Ed- Edison, yeah, he was more of just like the good cop. Like they mm-hmm. played the good good cop, bad cop. And I really, I did connect with Edison's voice, with his characterization mm-hmm. of um, that cop, with Mel's characterization of him, just because he was much sweeter and softer with Maya. But I feel like when we hopped into Maya's perspective as Mel's voice, it just, it lost that connection between those two characters mm-hmm. that were starting to build a relationship. Yeah. And I also think Lauren Ezzo had a more difficult job in terms of the narration because she had to narrate all these girls. Oh my gosh, yeah. She had to narrate all these different girls and she had to narrate the gardener and Desmond and Avery. Avery. Yeah. And... She had a much harder harder job than Mel, even though Mel had to narrate the two cops and Maya. And then the female cop. Mm-hmm. And then he did do Bliss and like some minor pa- parents, yes. which is where my issue with him not speaking to Lauren comes into play, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Like, same as you. I think that he should have communicated with her because Lauren gave Bliss a New Jersey yes. accent. yes. And when Mel did Bliss and Maya communicating together, it sounded like they were just talking to themselves. Exactly. Like, I couldn't tell who was actually talking. Exactly. And so it, it that threw me off mm-hmm. and made me kind of lose a little bit more interest in the story, I Yeah, I, want, I kind of wanted the ending to be finished and, yeah. and over because I was like, all right, all right, we're waiting for the big thing. And then obviously the big twist at the end, we, we can talk about that later. 
But we were waiting for that. And then I just wanted to rush it. And I kind of sped it up a little bit. Uh, me too. I will say that I didn't hate Mel. I feel like I'm being negative with him. I didn't hate his narration. I think he would have, if any other book out there he narrated, I would love to listen to because he did have a clear and very tonal voice. And I really liked that that inflection and and um his dictation of like his words. He was very yes. clear and concise. I really yeah. liked that. And he had a great speaking voice too. It wasn't someone that I was like, what did he just say? And the best thing I liked about him is I sped it up to the point at the end to two, to two speed. I could, I feel like his voice didn't change. No, yeah. From like one speed to two speed. I was like, this man's voice didn't change. How is he doing this? But Lauren Ezzo, on the other hand, you, you can't speed that girl out. Yeah. She's like, gets oh, a bit. <laughs> I'm like, Lauren. Lauren. Use your words, girl. S- slow down, girl. But then I realized I got to slow down. Put put it back on one You're speed. You're the one that's better up. <laughs> I got to put that girl on one speed. That's her nickname. Lauren wants to be Ezo. <laughs> <laughs> that's her drag name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I completely agree. When I sped it up. Um, I felt like I started enjoying Mel's narration a little bit more yes. just because it flowed still so naturally mm-hmm. and yeah i even though we have some negatives to say i think we really appreciate him as a narrator yes. too because he did a great job he just was paired up with a narrator that kind of outshined him oh girl like yes I mean... yes <laughs> <laughs> i will say that during the book i had to contemplate the idea of is this book in need of two narrators that was my thought, too. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know why. Why did they choose two narrators? But then, on the other hand, I was like, well, they needed two narrators because they had to go from past to present. And then also, like, from the settings, because Maya, obviously, the trauma was affecting her in the present day. She had to be interrogated by two men that were kind of, like, rushing her for answers. And so I... I, I I know why they chose two narrators, but I was like, give it to Lauren. She yeah. could probably do the whole book by herself and not let me get confused. Yeah, she did a phenomenal job with Desmond. Oh, my God. And with Avery and oh, with the gardener. The gardener's voice creeped me the out. Oh, it creeped you out? Oh, yes. Oh, never mind what I was going to say. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say that kind of felt bad for the gardener. Oh, his well, voice, his voice made me feel something. Yes. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, I think I live tweeted that. I said mm. the and the reason why it creeped me out is because I felt like I was getting Patty Hearst on him. Oh, OK. Yes. OK. Yeah, we completely agree. Yes. I was about ready to join his cause. Yes. And I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> join his cause. <laughs> I was about to call my mom and be like, mom, check me in somewhere. What color ribbon would he have? He'd be having a butterfly ribbon, a ribbon with a little butterfly green. It would have to be like turquoise. And then when you like turned it toward the sun, it turned green. Yes. And then when yes. you turned it toward the moon, it turned blue. Yes. Ugh. But no, I would have, I, I was like. What is that called? Iridescent? Iridescent. Okay. He was iridescent. That's he was a, iridescent ribbon. That's a French ass name. <laughs> but iridescent <laughs> ribbon on my car. <laughs> I want to get a tattoo of a butterfly on my back. Ooh. No. No? No. That's not socially acceptable? (laughs) Not for an almost 29-year-old man. (laughs) Although, Uh, no judgment. No judgment. This is a judgment-free zone, sometimes. Sometimes. But yeah, so I was like, when Lauren was narrating his side and his voice, I was like, 
this poor old man has it in his head that he just wants to help these babies. He is doing good. <laughs> and I was like, but wait, is he doing good? Yeah. No, he's yeah. not. No, he's no, not. I had he to slap is not. myself. Oh my Ugh. god. It was it was tough. What is that syndrome called that Patty Hearst had? Uh Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was feeling. I, I was, was like too. no wonder no wonder Lorraine has Stockholm. Yes, right? Like I would have totally been a Lorraine. Mm-hmm. And I was was it just me or were you imagining Desmond to be really attractive? <laughs> was I imagining Desmond? Uh, is that a trick question? Because I, of course. Yes. I was imagining and this is weird, but I have a specific image in my head. But I am have you ever seen Dexter or I mean I, he, Yeah, this guy's in Dexter, he's the cop, and I forgot his name in the, in the show. But he was dating Deb. And he was like engaged to her at one point or whatever. But that's why I was imagining in my head. I think his real name is like Des or something like that. Desmond or something like that. Look it up. Where, where, what is his name? Oh, I have my phone on airplane mode. Ugh, that's the price you have to pay when you're recording. Oh, my God. <clears throat> it's a struggle. Um, what, Dexter. I, what is his name? I know it's name. Desmond something. What's his name? Oh, it. his real life name? Yeah. Let me see it. Mm. Clyde. Clyde. I think it's Clyde. That sounds like a horse. No, it's not um, Clyde. That's definitely, it's definitely not, not him. Clyde. That's if that's how you imagine. Oh, definitely not him. What about Chip? Wait, we're in we're in we're in producers. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering why they were all 70 years old. Okay. What is his name? Desmond. Desmond, Desmond Harrington. You're so right. Yes. I imagined like a kind of a younger version, still dark hair, yes. dark features. Yes. I imagine Desmond Harrington, and he can get it any day of the week. Um, yeah, I agree. Yes. He was in my head. I imagined him as very attractive, and I felt bad for him too. Yes, this family has some problems. Yes, maybe we got some problems. I didn't want to admit it, <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, "Oh, what my father's doing is wrong. This will kill my mom." Yes, but I think I need to keep doing it. <laughs> I was yeah, like what? It's like you just figured out some pretty wacky shenanigans mm-hmm. that are happening in mm-hmm. your own greenhouse. Ugh. And you're just going to let it happen? How did you think of like Avery? I hated him. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 Don't even ask me about Avery because he's dead to me. Yes. I, I imagine this like it sucks because he had a hot name. I imagine Triple H. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that's Avery, a good one. As Avery. I imagine him uglier, though. I mean, Triple H is pretty ugly. Yeah. But I imagine with, like, like no Like, Triple teeth. H mixed with the big show. Yes. <laughs> it's like a bunch of the weirdest, <laughs> weirdest WWE wrestlers. <laughs> and you got Avery. Yeah. Mm. And he, like, roids out. Ugh. Hated him. I, I did not like Avery. He's I'm, my least favorite character. I hope ever. so. Really? Ever. Ever in life? Because he had no redeeming qualities whatsoever. No. And Mm-mm. sometimes, sometimes authors write in some sort of redeeming quality to them. But I kind of like that, that he didn't have it because I wanted someone to hate. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that sometimes there's like these real evil characters that you're not supposed to like, but you do like the gardener. Mm-hmm. There was like some like blurred lines there. Yes. But with Avery, it was just pure hate it was mm-hmm. there was nothing there there was no feeling sorry for him because he was a rich spoiled little little bro dude yeah there was just 
no compassion whatsoever mm-hmm. for him because he was missing that I mean he was what is it called? Um, um sociopathic? <laughs> We had the S. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, he was just disgusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when I I was live tweeting the the book, and when I said, "What is wrong with me?" I I like Maya's perception of the gardener, and Lauren Ezzo, the narrator, actually reached out and she was like, "Oh my god, me too." When I was reading it, like, right, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And so that's awesome that a narrator can do that to a character that if I think I was reading this book, I would have been like, okay, he's trying to show good good traits. But he's still a bad guy. But he's man. still a bad guy. And I think that's the magic of audiobooks is that if I didn't hear this guy's voice, I don't think I would have depicted him as a redeeming person. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if we would have just been reading this rather than listening to it, we wouldn't have been able to see the reason why some of the girls had such a deep love for him. Mm-hmm. Like a lot, most of them didn't like him, but some of them, like Lorraine, just had this spell over them with mm-hmm. him. And I think by listening to it, we were able to really focus on who each character was and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of opened up the different personality traits a little bit more completely agree so let's talk about the pacing and the transitions they weren't hard to follow Mm -mm. i was it was clear of who was talking or when what part of the time period it was in was it whether it was present or past i really enjoyed that Uh however i feel like there could have been an extra just like extra pause between the sections yeah because there were times where i couldn't even press pause because i finished one section yeah and i was like oh crap i gotta press pause i couldn't even do that because the next section started already and i was like whoa 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 and i was on one speed at the time so i was like give me a little bit of pause yeah when i was listening to this in bed I told myself at chapter 19, I'm going to stop and I'm going to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. I was doing stuff on my phone, like looking at some other things while I was just listening. I go back to the book and I'm suddenly on chapter 23. Exactly. And I was like, I didn't hear no chapter transitions. There was nothing there. There was nothing there. I think I hit a part three. Mm -hmm. Like, because there was, I think, three parts. It was like part one, part two, part three, randomly in there. Yes. I feel like for those, the physical book might have been better. Yes, and it, now that you mention it, I actually had the physical ebook. Oh, yes, because mm-hmm. we got it on our Kindle Unlimited. Yes. Mm. And so I purchased, actually, I got the Butterfly Garden for free on Amazon Prime. You know, since I have Prime, they were like, well, you get to select one of these six books. And that was one mm. of them I selected. And I downloaded the ebook and I was reading along as I was listening. And in the ebook, they actually have this cute little line and swirl where each section began and started. Oh, so yeah. they did have the part one and part two and part three. They had no numbers, but it was like a nice little break. And so I think that was a nice visual for me. Right. To yeah. read along with it as well as listening. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But the part one and part two and part three, those were, I feel like they were, those were a little unnecessary. Yeah, they were just kind of thrown in there. I didn't really need them yeah whatsoever mm-hmm. so could have saved some letters mm-hmm. or pages in the book yeah were they full pages i think yeah they're like part one yeah definitely could have saved some pages mm-hmm. 
Did you think the nine hours and 13 minutes was long enough for this book? Hmm. Let me think about that a little bit. Um, I think it was okay. (laughs) 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 No, I, I thought that the nine hours was filled to completion what what is it called brink it was like (laughs) it was full it was full it was it was filled as much as i would want it to be filled Mm -hmm. um i felt like the end you could have took something away from the end or added something in yes so i guess we're gonna talk about it we're gonna have to yes but first what about you i think the book could have been shorter okay i think it could have been probably seven to eight hours instead of the nine hours. Mm. There was a lot of descriptions of things, especially in the interrogation room. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. I don't need that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, and then also the end, like I said, when I tried to rush through it at the end, because I was like, oh my God, get to it, get to it. And then the big twist, which we're going to talk about right now, which we're not going to give away, but we're going to talk about our feelings yes. about it. That's when I was just like, oh, this could have been a wrapped up. It, yeah, <laughs> I agree. But I will say what I will give the book credit for is that it just like the chapters, how you never knew where where they were, where mm-hmm. you were in the book, per se. The time, every time I looked at how much time was remaining, it was going super fast. I agree. I agree. It, it just the book flew by for me. I listened to this book in two days. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was really surprised because I like I. Like we said earlier, we liked the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like an interesting book, but I went into it not really expecting much. Yes. Sorry, Dot. Sorry, Dot. But, but we really liked it yes. anyway. So, you know, it's one of those things. Don't judge a book by its cover. But we did like the cover, so whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that twist. Oh, my God. So mm. anticlimactic. I wanted more... When I read that there was a twist, I was expecting a twist. Well, even in the summary, it says, with the dot, dot, dot. I know. When you leave a dot, 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 I expect a dot, dot, dot. Yes. Bam. Yes. I want to be smacked in the face with it. Yeah. I want the book to come to life and kick me in between the face. Yes. Between the face? In between the face. In between the face. Like, yes. not really knowing. And then I wanted to toss me around and kick me in my stomach and I want the book to take read me from behind. Me. Oh, I mean, sorry, excuse me. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can read you. It can read us while it takes us from behind. <laughs> uh anyway. Um <laughs> back to our regularly scheduled program. Yeah. I, I really wanted just I wanted more from the twist. Yes. I'm sad that there wasn't. And it could have been so much more. <laughs> lip syncing? I was. <laughs> lip syncing for my life. <laughs> mm, but yes, I agree. Could have been more. Anyway, that's all we're going to say about it. Because you got to read it to yeah, find out. Yeah, because I mean, we're going to get so like amped up and upset about it that mm-hmm. we're just going to spill it. And I don't want to spill it. No. Nope. Because I want you to read this book. Exactly. So, where were you and what were you doing when you were listening to this book? I was, where was I? Mm, I think I started at the gym, mm-hmm. where all good psychological thrillers begin. Yes. And I finished it up. 
I finished it up that night that I said I'm only going to listen to one more chapter. Mm-hmm. I finished it up that night because the chap it just ended eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't have time to press pause. Exactly. I was at probably the best place to listen to a psychological thriller. Your work? No. Jury duty. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I was oh my God. in jury duty for my second day this week. And I started listening to this book, and I was about to be like, if I get put on a case, I'm going to have to tell the judge, Your Honor, I am listening to this book about killers. He is guilty. (laughs) (laughs) I am sorry. Well, Mr. Number, because they don't get your last name or first name. You are just a number. You are just a number to them. This is not a murder case. Um, This is an adoption. They're guilty. (laughs) Do they have jury people for adoptions? Um, They don't, but... The second day that I went, it was National Adoption Day there or something. Oh. And a for whole bunch dogs of- dogs or for people? Be- people. They have those? Yeah. <laughs> and Cal Ripken was there. I didn't meet him, but he was there shaking- <laughs> You were breathing his air. I was breathing his air. And he- Because I, I, they were like, you can go meet Cal Ripken and shake his hand if you want. He's shaking all the baby's hands. And- That's how you get sick. Exactly. Ugh, I don't want no cough Ripken. <laughs> <laughs> That's his new name to me now. Oh, my God. But he, they were like, shake his hand and meet the babies who are being adopted. I'm like, I'm not going to traumatize them even more. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, little babies. You're going to a new home. <laughs> Hopefully they respect you. Yes. And uh. they don't get you kidnapped and then in a butterfly garden. Mm, my goodness. You know that's what people do these days. Yeah, I will say that there was a tremendous respect for, like, children in this book. Yes, I agree. Like, it, it was it was important mm-hmm. to the people that had children that those children were taken care of and known that they were important. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I thought that was a good theme throughout it. Yeah. Because even though all the women... Specifically Maya, because we knew her family situation was not the best. Mm-hmm. She wasn't loved. But it was one of those things where it's like, it kind of reinforced the family is what you make it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to be blood related to these people in order to be family. And so these women are your sisters. Respect them, love them. Mm-hmm. And this is this is where you belong. This is yeah. your home. So I really liked that message a lot. Yes. That's all I got to say. I like it. So audiobook, actual book, or if there is ever a movie... I think the movie would be way too grotesque for me to watch, honestly. Really? Yeah. If it, it it would have to be rated PG-13 for me to even, like, glimpse what? out of my eye. It wasn't that It wasn't that graphic for me. Like, a lot of people were saying that it was graphic. And it's pretty graphic, but uh, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. And maybe I'm just really effed up. I think that's it. <laughs> I mean... The, ding, ding, ding. The wor- I mean, Yes. Of course, I don't condone anything that was happening in the book. No, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is gross. Can't believe this evil man is doing this. But it's nothing I've I haven't heard from other audiobooks or even TV shows. That's true. But I feel like it was just oh, when the one girl came in the last one. Mm. That was just disturbing. And it I mean, I was out loud making noises to these things like i was just going oh 
Oh my god. Uh, oh god. Bleh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I seriously just it just felt so wrong to be listening to. And I don't know why. It might have been the language that Dot mm-hmm. was using, because I felt she had a really good grasp on words. Mm. And so I really liked the word usage that she did use because it was different. Yes. And maybe that's probably why I didn't see it as grotesque because of the words that she used mm. now yeah. what was the other book we read about titty sucking exodus exodus oh T- that you know, was milk titties titty milk titty milk that was for me i was like i don't know if i can listen to this <laughs> i mean yeah that was another one that was just like oh my god i'm mm-hmm. making noises out loud because it was just yeah. that gross and i kind of like put them together but while they're different they have very, very similar things happening. Mm-hmm. There's this just kind of sadistic quality to yeah. both things, mm-hmm. even though they're different. Yes. That was more like caveman sadistic oh, versus this was more psychological. Yeah. That was like these people are affected by nuclear bomb blasts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like yes. I just imagine they had aliens growing out their head. Mm-hmm. But this one was more like I could see the gardener in the grocery store shopping yeah get an eggplant a hundred percent and you probably will Mm -hmm. so yes i would definitely see a tv show about this i don't think it could be a movie who knows they might make a trilogy that's different collector stories that's very true there are two more books in the collector trilogy i just wonder what those books are going to be about we've already heard it we've already heard the collector i read the or i didn't read but like i read the description for the second one Mm -hmm. and it seems it seems about as vague as the description for this one was but it still deals it still has the same cops oh really i think it follows them i believe that it does from the description that i read that's what I that's, that's what I was understanding. That's interesting. Also, want to point out that if anybody Googles this book and you look at the Google reader description, that is not accurate. What? This is not about raising butterflies. Oh no. What? <laughs> How do you raise a butterfly? I don't know, but you can't buy this book and expect to have a how-to manual. Oh my gosh. But that's what came up. Poor all those poor little people. Those poor people that are just looking for how to raise butterflies from for like the, their kindergarten yes, class. From the cocoon to old age. This is not the book. No. Mm. I'm sorry. I did not know that. Thank you for warning me. Yeah. It uh, it was it was a pretty funny discovery. So mm. I was just like, I need to read the description of this wow. again. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that and I just had to click away because it was like, exactly. this is wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this leads us to our last and final question. Our purpose for this show. The namesake of the show. Not really, but it's okay. Hmm. Would you shelf this or? Shove this. I would I- shelf it. Oh. Sorry. No, it's fine. I thought we were going to say it together, but. Oh, do you want to try it again? No, because you are different than me. Oh, I am? Yes, I'm going to shove this book. Damn. Just because I'm not saying that I did not like it. I'm not saying I I didn't enjoy it because I did. But after hearing the ending, I'm like, I'm done with it. Mm -hmm. I love the narration. I love Lauren Ezzo. I will support everything Lauren Ezzo does. 
She will be the name I will give my first child. Ezo. Ezo. That's a cute name. That wasn't the name that you were going to give your first child. I was going to give her Lauren Ezo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but anyway. You were just going to name it first. First name, Lauren Ezo. Lauren Ezo. And then. And then. Other names. Bradley. <laughs> But yeah, so it's not nothing negative about it. I just, I feel like I'm done with this book. And I might read the second one, but I might. Emphasis on might. Yeah, I wasn't really feeling a connection with the second one, but I definitely liked, for all the flaws that we said happened with the narration on Mel's end, I think Lauren made up for that. And then Mel certainly made up for it too in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just really liked it. Even though the twist was lackluster, I just, I really enjoyed the narration of Mm -hmm. it. And so I think I would keep it on my shelf, give to my mom. Ooh, she might like it. I think she would. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that concludes this episode of Audio Shelf for the Butterfly Garden. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the Raspberry Garden. Darn it. (laughs) I don't know how you do that with your tongue. Uh, I think it's more like a dove noise than a butterfly. I don't think butterflies uh, make noises. I'm going to stop. Follow <laughs> us on Twitter at AudioShelvMe and like us on Facebook at AudioShelf. And do not forget to subscribe to us on iTunes Podcast, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Also, we're on YouTube now. We're on YouTube? We're on YouTube. You can hear little clips of us as we get everything rolling and figured out. But for the time being, you can have a little graphic of cartoon us as you listen to the episodes. Mm -hmm. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win. And you know what else is a win-win? What? If you flutter on over to audioshelf.me, you can click on the Audible affiliate link to download a 30-day free trial and get two free books. Free books? That's a win-win. It is a super win-win. You know what I always think of when I think of butterflies? Ashton Kutcher? No, but good guess. Okay. Um, You know in Alice in Wonderland? Yes. The butterfly? It's Mm -hmm. like butter. Butter. Mm -hmm. That's what I always think about. Mm, Just butter flying around. Interesting. Well. Bye. Bye. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. <laughs> um, because, is his name Hanoverian? Hanoverian. Hanoverian. What are you even looking at? <laughs> Flutter into it. Yeah, flutter. Mm-hmm. Flutter is a lot more. I always. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> the author is Dot Hutchinson. There's no N. Is it Hutchinson or Hutch- Hutchison? Hutchinson? Hutchison? <laughs> the author is Dot Hutchison. <laughs> is it- <laughs> I think it is Hutchinson. Is it Hutchinson? Yeah, I think okay. so. I mean, uh, sorry. sorry. What the fuck was that? <laughs>